Christopher McKinnon, and you're listening to the Notes from Dad to Son podcast, a podcast from a dad who's still trying to figure it all out in time for his son being old enough to start asking questions. Okay, getting back into the swing of things. I haven't recorded an episode for a week or more. And looking at uh, my dashboard and anchor, I can see that I have one episode to come out next week, which will be the 5th of December, I think. And after that, I have no more episodes recorded. So whilst I was quite well ahead... For a little while there, I've fallen behind in recording episodes, which is just the way of it. Anyway, so today's episode is episode 11, and I think today, that health, let's call it the magic of Christmas. And yeah, the magic of Christmas. So, what we'll be doing recently. Last week on Saturday, um, yeah, that was the 23rd of November, it was the Renfrew Christmas Light Switch On event, which was a little bit more intimate, I suppose, for our experience anyway, in the sense that Renfrew is a much smaller town than Paisley, and there's not so much space for bringing all the things that were there. So we hung around the centre of town from about five o'clock, I think. Is that right? Were the lights on at five? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, we hung around the town um, for about an hour prior to the lights being switched on. And it meant that we were able to walk down the high street in Renfrew and we seen outside of Aldi, the car park area had been taken over by a few um, rides and stalls and things like that. And there was a little stage directly opposite that across the road just outside the, oh, I forget the name of the church, but it's the church in Renfrew that has all the Commonwealth war graves in it anyway. That's um, been no longer active as a church for some years now. But outside there, there was a little stage where people were getting up and playing music and entertaining the crowd that was starting to gather. So with about an hour to spare before the lights were switched on, we did a wander just through the town and there was a little man stood outside the Bank of Scotland and he had a, like a drum that he could spin around and he was like making candy floss or cotton candy if you're in the Americas but he didn't have a permit to be selling 
his stuff on the streets, whereas the other stall people did have that. So a person from the council managed to spot him trying to sell cotton candy, candy floss, just as we were passing by. And he was like, oh, you, you don't have a permit. How do I know you've not got a permit? Because where's your badge? Ah, see, you've not got a badge. All of them have got badges, which means they're meant to be here. They're allowed to be here. You've no got a badge, so pack up your stuff and go. And meanwhile, this guy is just looking around incredulous that someone had asked him to stop. He had this massive wad of uh, candy floss in his hand that he was just pulling out the drum and like obviously no one he could give it to at that point. And also the police were in the area as well and the council guy mentions to the police like, that guy over there, he's no got a permit for selling. I've asked him to move and pack up his stuff. He's taking his time about it. So they went over and hurried up, shall we say, and we left them to that. So we crossed the road and there was an area where there was a little tent set up and there were reindeer. So Fraser got to see reindeer for the first time and he was thrilled by that, leaning forward out of his pram, um, trying to get a closer look. Other kids nearby were enjoying the experience of seeing the reindeer as well. So from there we wandered through Robertson Park in Renfrew just as it was hitting dusk and spent a fair amount of time just wandering around the various paths and then came back out through to the centre of town, up along Glebe Street, back down Queen Street. And by this point, there was like half an hour before the lights were to be switched on. So we made a quick detour into Aldi, bought some chocolate and came out. And by this point, there was um, a girl singing on the stage and with a guitar she was singing all these little Christmas songs. The crowd was starting to get a fair bit larger by this point and yeah Fraser was really taken in by the atmosphere I suppose, really enjoying all the people being out and about and the sights and the sounds and the smells. So it was kind of nice that way but we didn't stay in the one area for too long because we were aware that he, although he was in his uh, snowsuit, um, it would still be fairly cold for him just sitting down whilst we were all right. Um, so we wandered around and passed by the ride so as you could see all the flashing colours and all that and then came back to the centre of the town. And the provost appeared and it was like a big switch he was meant to press to start the fireworks. Yes, there were fireworks um, after the the lights were getting switched on. So she pressed the button and the lights came on and then the fireworks started from behind the town hall. And Fraser seemed to be quite impressed by this at first, really enjoying seeing the colours and the bright flashes. And then he could hear the explosions and really hated it. So uh, we had to take him back 
uh, to Caroline's place at that point, which is nearby, it's not far from the town centre at all. But the whole way there, there was like mega explosions from all these fireworks and uh, he was a fair bit frightened by the noise. So came in, gave him his dinner, and then we headed back out after that and we stayed at my place. And Caroline said to me later that night, and said, you know, it seemed as if you actually almost enjoyed that experience um, tonight. You know, like you're almost getting into the Christmas spirit sort of thing. And thinking about it, you know, I suppose it was nice to spend time as a family doing something and, and being out and about and just the general atmosphere, I suppose, was kind of nice. But... Again, it was the 23rd of November. It's nowhere near Christmas. So this whole thing of bringing Christmas further forward every year, it just, it kills any enjoyment that I would ever have left in me for for that. Um, so that was all right, I suppose. The day before that, we were in Glasgow and we had gone, sorry, not the day before that, thinking back, it would have been the Thursday before that, so, yeah, the Thursday before that we went to Glasgow, and the idea was to just go around the Christmas markets and, and see what was happening, kind of thing. So, we got the bus into Glasgow, and... I don't know what way we took, but at some point anyway, we came down Queen Street. Ah, I think I know what it was. We got on um, the fast bus from Largs at Brayhead and got off at just outside Central Station and wandered up the hill and then went down the road that takes you down to George Square opposite the Millennium Hotel and Queen Street uh, Station. And in George Square, they were setting up um, some of the Christmas market stall and whatever other attractions was going on down there, but they weren't open yet. So we carried on down Queen Street and decided we were going to take a detour into... um, Buchanan Street via the um, oh god I'm terrible for street names it's got the gallery of modern art on it anyway that square um, and we're passing through the arch to head into Buchanan Street but before we get there we notice there was this guy just lying on the ground between the arch and Caroline looked at me, she's like, ah, okay. Obviously homeless. Um, he was sat lying there on the ground on top of a piece of cardboard and a little paper cup by his side. But it was absolutely freezing and she just kind of looked at me, she's like, is he sleeping? What's going on here? How could anyone sleep in this temperature? So we got closer to the guy and... He was just kind of lying there, very much unconscious, totally out of it. And 
she says, right, try and give him a nudge or something and see if he's alright. So I gave him a nudge and he didn't really respond. I shouted out to him, like, hey, you alright? And he didn't respond to that either. And um, by this point, another um, member of the public, a girl, came up to us and she asked if we happened to know the crisis numbers for the homeless people in Glasgow. She said there was like three of these numbers that you could call in the event of someone not responding. So um, she was trying to search for these and it was at this point that the man started to have what appeared to be a seizure, um, you know, jerking about, shaking really quite um, violently for a few seconds and then would kind of go back to this unconscious state. Well, it was unconscious throughout, but, you know, it was looking more like he was asleep at that point. But they came on more regular and lasted for longer. Um, so the girl was on the phone dialing 999, um, chatting away to the call handler. Well, me and Caroline, we'd parked Fraser and his pram just next to us and we are trying to protect the guy's head because he's just essentially lying on concrete and he's jerking about really violently and... Um, Occasionally we would get like other members of the public coming up saying, right, okay, he's having a seizure, get him in the recovery position and um, and all that. But, you know, he couldn't stay in the recovery position because he was jerking about. But every time like he came out of the seizure, we thought we would put him into the recovery position and he'd have like, an even more violent looking seizure. So Caroline and I took turns of placing our hands just underneath the guy's head so that if his head was to start bouncing about again, that it wouldn't smack immediately off the concrete. And all the while, other members of the public kept coming up asking if he was all right and was he with us and did we know him and things like that and was there anything they could do to help and the whole scene started to become fairly crowded off and on. Um, this other guy, um, he went to go and collect some water from one of the cafes nearby and they brought that back but the guy was out of it and there was no way that you could even set him up to to give him a drink anyway paramedics arrived in an ambulance and, and they took over and um, we carried on down Buchanan Street at that point and I just think you know there's people out there that are homeless and you know it's a tough enough environment to stay in Anyway, if you're homeless, you know, freezing cold, sitting on concrete, but to be having a fit whilst all that's going on and just by chance someone walking by, you know, is of a disposition where they couldn't just walk by, they would have to stop and interfere. Well, not interfere, but intervene, such as we did. You know, the kindness of strangers, I suppose, is what you would look upon that. And that's, you know, that's probably a daily occurrence for a lot of people in Glasgow. Um, there's lots of people sitting there in, in the streets, outside shops, on benches, in little encl enclaves, would that be the right word? Little alcoves, doorways and things like that. 
and everybody's just bustling by and rushing about for their sales and the lead up to Christmas and, and all that. Anyway, we carried on through um, Buchanan Street down into Princess Square because Caroline wanted to have a wee look around there. Once we'd done that, we came back out. And then we headed into St Enoch Square and wandered around the the Christmas market there. And if you're going to go to a Christmas market at that time of year, even just now, it is by far best to do it during a weekday when most people are at work because it meant that we could actually stop and look at things, whereas before we've went at the weekends and it's just been an absolute gridlock of people <laughs> not moving and you can't move and it's just a nightmare if you want to look at anything. So as usual, there was overpriced food, you know, chips with a bit of spice on them for like a fiver and it's like barely larger than what would fit in your hands. A sausage would set you back six pounds. There were people selling um, various kinds of sweets, lots of jewellery and bags and um, different kinds of gin and whiskey and there was like a little bar area set up as well as usual. The, the hot chocolate we got from this little cafe place just down the bottom end was there again. So we had amaretto hot chocolates and it was fairly reasonably priced, £2.50 each, when you think of the prices of most other foodstuffs that were there. But anyway, we went to this stall that was there uh, last year as well and we got another decoration for Caroline's Christmas tree um, just it looks I think like a little Christmas tree with like three heads on it with Santa hats and you can personalise it so mum, dad and Fraser got wrote on that you know nothing fancy nothing that you would go out of your way to buy in a shop if you were looking for Christmas decorations but that was like 11 close to £12 just for that. So, you know, we're trying to have a, reason, a reasonably cheap day. Um, after that, we went back up onto Queen Street because we were looking for something just to, to eat. And we ended up in Cafe Nero and got some stuff in there. And Fraser was really bright and alert and really enjoying being in there um, I think we bought my yoghurt but he wasn't interested in eating that, he was more interested in eating bits and pieces of my panini um, bits of Caroline's sandwich and some gingerbread men that she got from there as well so yeah, that's the, the most recent kind of somewhat Christmas related activities that we've been doing in the last week or so Aside from today, where at work I spent my shift basically going through a whole load of children's toys and some sweets and other things and uh, putting raffle tickets on them and putting other 
raffle tickets in a little tub. So it's for the children's tombola because tomorrow at work is the Christmas fair. I'm going to say tomorrow. This has been recorded on the 29th of November, so it'll be the 30th of November, and this episode won't be going out until the 12th of December. Haha. So, yeah. Um, I spent my shift basically doing that, and in between wrapping things up and putting ribbons on stuff, I was trying to cover um, shifts for the weekend as well. So, it was a fairly relaxed shift, I would say, so tomorrow in Paisley, I think they have the the farmer's market on and I think their winter fest has started as well. And that basically means there's a Ferris wheel and possibly the Christmas markets might be in Paisley. So I know my mums want to go to that and Caroline is working in the morning, but I will have Fraser, so I'll maybe take him into Paisley so we can go around the stalls for these things and I'll maybe take him into work. I probably will take him into work for the Christmas fair tomorrow as well, just to um, have something to do. So, yes, two nights ago at work, my colleague was putting up Christmas trees and today I've had to listen to Christmas music on the CDs and I don't know who does the CD for this Christmas music but I'm convinced they're the same people that do the the War Songs CD as well because everything's at the same tempo and everything's in the same key so it just all seems to run through like one big long medley and the singers are appalling, absolutely awful to listen to and yet this is the kind of stuff that people buy and put on the background for <laughs> the kinds of activities that are going on. So, yeah, Magic of Christmas. I noticed as well the other day there was an article that um, sales of Christmas trees are up among the millennial generation. And, you know, they're saying, oh, it's because the millennial generation are, are now finally able to settle down with their families and you know they're having kids and they're buying Christmas trees for the first time for their own young families and you've got the, the same kind of music coming out again every year like you only ever hear the same Christmas songs and they all seem to be from the 80s of the early 90s it's as if like all these other Christmas songs that would come out in between they don't seem to have as much lasting appeal for whatever reason but Carly said to me the other day oh does it not just seem nostalgic and I think well no to me it doesn't sound nostalgic at all because I never liked those songs in the first place when they were first out um, and it's just you know, it just seems like they keep this stuff going, they keep these songs going and it coincides with the sales of uh, Christmas trees and all that. Everybody's doing the hard sell for Christmas to the millennial generation who are 
obsessed apparently with social media and posting things and photographing everything and sharing it on Instagram and all that. So they want to capitalize on all that. Um, and everything's got this cozy, semi-nostalgic feel about it. But it's all fake. It's all rubbish. You know, they've got these um, Christmas adverts that started for stores a few years ago. Well, probably more than a few years ago now. I think the first one that came out that had any sense of being original for what it was at the time was the John Lewis Christmas advert. And I can't even remember what it was. But every year since then, there's been one. And all these other stores are copying essentially the the idea of doing a, a Christmas advert. And they're all just tapped. You know, it's either oh, it's nice, everybody's getting together at Christmas, or it's a pull at the heartstrings kind of thing, you know? It's it's just bleh. Makes me wretch thinking about these things, and, you know, there's probably plenty of listeners out there that are going, well, aren't you just a pure Scrooge, man? You're just bah humbug and all that. Which leads me to the next thing, you know? Um, I think maybe by next week the photographs we got of Fraser recently taken whilst he was at that church hall playgroup will be ready um, the girl there suggested it would be good to give for Christmas so we were able to pick some decent photos for that and there we getting made anyway where was I going where was I going with this ah yeah okay so, where was I going with that? Yeah, the magic of Christmas and all that. So you've got all these kids and there's all these little activities going around and Santa appears in stalls. He appears in stores. He has grottos left, right and centre. He even has a train service running at Brayhead Shopping Centre which will take people from the main shopping centre to somewhere else further down the road a little bit. And it just seems so off to me that, you know, we want to sell this idea to kids that a grown man of indeterminate age is able to be everywhere and brings presents for the good children, whatever good is. And, you know, in that song that was playing um, last week, the girl did a, a song, did a rendition of the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town on her acoustic guitar. And she wasn't singing it in a creepy way, but just when I hit that chorus, you know, he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been naughty or nice, so be good for goodness sake. You know, this idea of, you know, you better watch out. Yeah, an, an, om, an omniscient old man will somehow be everywhere on the, in the world and will deliver gifts 
to people um, who he deems to have been nice and you know would try to tell kids you know about stranger danger but at the same time we're telling them yeah come and sit in this old guy's knee a guy that you have never met before and likely will never meet again in this form and you don't know him we don't know him but in the context of this setting it is deemed safe for you to do so and it's just it just makes me makes me cringe inside you know the the idea that you want to um, fill children's heads with that kind of rubbish and then you know when I chat about this with people at work and all that, they're like, oh, but, you know, it's not about you, it's about the kids and think how magical it is and all that. And it's like, yeah, it's only magical up until someone points out that it's a lie, that it's rubbish, that it's made up. And then, you know, you've got that that sinking feeling of disappointment that what you've been told isn't true, but then that also bittersweet relief that you might still get presents anyway because you are then informed that it's actually your parents that buy you presents. And then the whole sham of being made to sit in a strange guy's knee just seems even more weird. And, and then, you know, if you were to really get into the magic of Christmas, you know, where nowadays especially is Christmas in the traditional sense, it does not exist, you know, outside of the churches and and that, you know, the Christmas films are all cack, but they've always been rubbish. I'm <laughs> like a pure misery guts. You know what? I don't even care. I'm enjoying myself in this episode because I love how much I hate Christmas and I love how much it annoys people that I hate Christmas. Um But it's it's you know, when I talk about hating Christmas, it's almost as if I'm talking about two separate entities here because there's Christmas as I've been on the whole chatting about here just now where it's the commercial crap, the the lies we tell the kids about Santa Claus and the expectation of, you know, having a list um, of being deserving of getting whatever's on that list and the notion that you only get it if you meet certain criteria that this old guy knows and, and all that, to then devolving that saying yeah your parents made that up it wasn't true we give you presents and you know we determine whether your behavior is good or bad enough um as to whether you get anything so yeah manipulated i don't like it rubbish but yeah then there's the actual christian story of christmas which outside of school plays and churches you really don't see or hear much about you know it's all hard sell it's all 
crap, you know. Society's just made it all crap. And I remember once when I was a kid um, in the 90s, we got made to go to a nearby church for a Christmas service. And the minister said, you know, there is Christmas and there is Xmas. And I hate seeing Merry Xmas anywhere because, you know, it's nothing to do with Christ. It's nothing to do with Christmas. And nowadays there isn't even Merry Xmas. There's just um, Merry Christmas. And the two have become conflated. They've become merged. So two has almost completely eclipsed what Christmas was initially all about. And then, you know, there's this message you get in the Christmas films, which I kind of almost enjoy and agree with and it's like oh Christmas is about spending time with family which you can almost kind of say right okay if you get down to the bare message of of um, Christmas as in the Christian story you know it's a family oriented affair it's about the birth of a baby essentially um, a new addition to a family and um, so spending time with family makes sense regardless of the the, the stuff that followed on from that, which I don't believe in at all. Um, but the, the idea of coming together as a family and um, enjoying each other's company holds some merit, at least for me, but I'm well aware there's plenty of people out there that will not have that luxury and they don't have family and they don't have family that get on with one another to such a degree that these times of years are comfortable and then there's other people out there whose family members have died around about the same time so Christmas every year just reminds them of death so the only thing that I enjoy about Christmas is and you know this comes only when it happens is the time off work because it's a public holiday and it happens that this year I have it off thanks to the good graces of my colleague um, who agreed to swap with me this year because Caroline is working Christmas this year and she didn't want us both to be so spending time with the family very much in favour of and enjoying um, but you know it's there's something about that you know we don't do that so much throughout the year we don't make the the, the effort to have that kind of special occasion of even meeting up like once a week to have a family meal together and you know the the notion of the uh, traditional family is all but dead, you know, it's not even something that I, I even am capable of living at the moment, you know. Um since we live in two separate households, you know, it's and we work shifts on an opposite rota, it's just, you know, spending time together around a table is a hugely beneficial and important thing. But imagine back in the day when families were able to do that, you know, where people would regularly come together around a table, you know, 
is something that's lacking, I think, in, in our lives on the whole. And people in my generation, the millennial generation, are much less likely to have that in their lives for a whole number of reasons. Anyway, yeah, I've ranted and raved about the magic of Christmas for the last little while now. I think I'm going to just stop here. So, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, then you're either a masochist or you just love listening to me um, chatting about whatever it is I'm chatting about. In any case, if you made it this far, thanks very much for listening. And until next time.